Hello and welcome back to Play Me Out, the podcast about sadness and the songs that get you through it. After a slightly longer than anticipated hiatus, we return with weeklies, so get ready for that. Like and subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. It'll help us generally just get found in the algorithm or whatever. I don't understand. It's basically science or something, or so I'm told. Anyways, just do that. That'd be peachy. Thank you. If you're one of our Seattle listeners and you want to come see me do stand-up, come check me out at the Fremont Troll Farm, a very fun Friday weekly show I run with my good friends Timmy Booth and Andrew Merklinghouse. It's every Friday at Attaball in Fremont, 7 p.m. See you there. All right, let's cut to brass tacks. This week's episode, I'm very excited. I have none other than the Clara Pluton in the studio. If you don't know Clara, you definitely should. Check out their podcast, Hot Takes with Hot Dykes, or their monthly show that happens at the Timber Room, Cruising with Clara. And this month's show is this Saturday, February 29th, a.k.a. Leap Day, at the Timber Room, which I already mentioned, but it doesn't hurt to hear twice. That show's going to be at 8 p.m., so get your butts there and buy tickets ahead of time. Well, I figure that's enough hobnobbing for the intro. Why don't we join the conversation I had recently with Claire Pluton, where I swear to God I don't say hobnobbing once. Yeah. Without a doubt. Are no. you in therapy? Uh, no, I'm working on it. So my insurance doesn't cover anything yeah. except for teletherapy. Totally. And I feel What's like... What's tele... Oh, over the phone? Uh, or like oh, Skype, Skype therapy. Yeah. Um, we gotta be face-to-face sometimes. I, that's the thing. Like that, I know. My thing is like if you're gonna... Like if I'm gonna pay for, like a lot of money for therapy yeah. and stuff, like you have an office you. that I cry in. Seriously. Like... like you can There's something hear... energetic too, where it's like you don't want to be like sobbing and like working through your emotions in the mm-hmm. same space where you like sleep and, and eat and have yes, people over. Precisely, yeah. and like hearing my roommate cooking, like all that. Sh- like totally, it, yeah. It doesn't always it's work. not like I will like I have cried in front of my roommate and all yeah. that shit, but like I don't want him to like hear me be like, totally. my mom forgot me at soccer break. Right. You know, like it's that intense. Shit. Yeah. Well, I believe that you'll find the right therapist. Thank for you. you. However, oh. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know, and it's. It's been very frustrating, but yeah, like basically in December, I kind of like rock bottomed emotionally yeah. and realized I was severely dependent <laughs> totally. on like, yeah, because I, I'm like a. Are you a, sober now? No, okay. I'm not. I, so <laughs> sobriety has been interesting for totally. me. I feel like I'm more sober now than when I was not drinking. Cool. Because I, I didn't drink for four years. Yeah. And then I was just mainlining weed, smoking so much goddamn weed yeah. all the time, which like was not. It's another addiction. It yeah, can be. Exactly. People have to be honest about that. For sure. No. And that's the thing. Like I like definitely, I don't think I like, I have a very addictive personality. Yeah. So like. At this point now, uh, a month ago, I stopped like vaping weed, cool. which was like, yeah, yeah. So Congrats. now I only smoke weed. I mean, I would hit a vape if it were passed to me, but like I was carrying a vape on me. And you were was, always high. I was always high. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, that's not good. Like I was functionable and like I was yeah. good at work and I was not good on stage, but like. Right. Holy shit. Life is gnarly. Life sucks, but it's Woo! great and it's awesome. I so know. like yeah, so at this point I have like <laughs> subbed in exercise as an addiction now. Sure. Which I'm now cuz it's like a more healthy addiction but also like I have since the beginning of December there have only been 3 days where I have not gone to the gym. And Whoa. It's, yeah. Totally. But it's like 
that was it's so great it gets you yeah. high too it and you does, feel so good definitely. yeah but yeah. i've been thinking about that a lot and having those conversations with my friends and people mm-hmm. in my life where it's like there's no like culture of temperance where yeah. like everyone's taught like we're taught abstinence only sex ed or everything has to be like all or nothing yes. so when you come from like an addiction background yeah i think that like abstinence can be really harmful too exactly because you're you not just find something it. else to become addicted to yeah so i wish you the best of luck thank you so much yes. well holy smokes i kind of want to introduce you at Let's this do point. It. Uh, everybody, this is Clara Pluton. Hi. Swinging by the studio, uh, my house. Yes. Uh, yeah, for an episode of Play Me Out. It's such a nice day. It I love is. this view, this little bit of sun, a blue mm-hmm. sky. That's like the hardest part about it. I mean, January has been so hard emotionally. It's, it's, so it's been so hard for it's like these giant highs and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but this is like such a cool podcast to have to do considering like the emotional scope of my life right now where yeah. it's like when we're sitting in such like immense emotional states yes. constantly it's like let's just find the dilution of it in a song yeah in art exactly i fucking love it yes. oh my god so uh how do you kind of go about like greet like i guess what is your process or like what kind of sad person are you okay i would say the kind of sad person that I, I hate being sad. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure most people do, but I'm not like a wallower. I don't like to necessarily sit in my sorrow when I'm sad. I'm like a little shit. Like, I'm mean. Yeah. I want to lash out. Yeah. I like want to get back to being manic. Like, mm-hmm. I want to move my body back into a state that feels yeah. more frenetic. Yeah. So when I'm sad, I'm like frustrated the most. I'm like the exact opposite. I actually, yeah. I'm trying, I work working on a joke about it, but basically, that in my childhood my parents like taught me two things loud and clear it's okay to lose and it's okay to be sad yeah and so like i am really good at losing and i am really good at being sad well, so aren't like, you I'm, a water sign yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can just like sit in a pool mm-hmm. no i mean i'm not that way yeah but i like think that also but then that gets me in trouble because when i am sad i just like i like ignore my emotions and like mm-hmm. Pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. Or I'll like placate people and I like want to make sure that everyone's fine. I'm done placating people. Yes. That's one of my, I don't like really like do resolutions, but I'm like, yeah, I don't need to do yeah. like, no, we can just be honest. Like don't take energy away from me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, so I that's, that. I'd say the kind of sad person that I am is mm-hmm. someone who's trying to become more comfortable in like the honesty and being sad with themselves. Yeah. It's okay that. to be sad it sometimes. It is. Yeah. But also it's okay to be happy. Like, yeah, that's the, the back half of the definitely. joke is that I never learned how to win or be happy. <laughs> so you're like yeah. working on that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, holy smokes. Well, let's kind of get into your list. Okay. I'm excited. So your first song uh, you picked for Denial. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, cool. So I love the magnetic field. So this good. is I Don't Want to Get Over You. Oh. Should I, do I play it? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Oh, I can hear it. Too. Yeah, uh-huh. We get a little playback. I love this song so I hard. I love this song so much. I mean, it's really like, okay, we'll just like let it do it. Yeah. I've seen them live. Yeah. I saw them at the morgue when they were here. It was amazing. I saw, uh, <laughs> I was in the midst of a breakup, and then the person I was breaking up with uh, basically was like, hey, I bought tickets for this, and someone doesn't want to go. Do you want to go? And it was at Ben Roya Hall. Whoa. Yeah. You are like, I have, to. I have to go. Well, I didn't know. I had no idea. That was my introduction to them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything about them, and I went, and I was just like, 
and Calvin Johnson opened of like oh, K Records. Cool. And so like watching two people just like that on a big stage, like yeah. all by themselves. People who can in like a guitar singer songwriter totally. way own a stage like that it's is surreal. Amazing. But uh yeah, and he played a song for every letter of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So cool. So I love magnetic fields so much. They're like gay, they're intense. Mm-hmm. And this song Love the Earth Tones. Love the love. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just like they're just like immense and epic and mm-hmm. like they're poets. And when I saw them at the more like maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. there was like a xylophone and a harp. <laughs> I mean, like every instrument yeah. it was like Noah's Ark. Like they were all there and it was just like a complete orchestra. So That's I picked this cool. song for denial because it's like it's I don't want to get over you. It's yeah. like this entire song that's an ode to how I can change myself <laughs> so that you can still love me. Yeah. It's like the ultimate like mm-hmm. fucked up breakup song. Exactly. And I just like it's so honest. Like we've all had those thoughts. Where yeah. He, I mean, he did like paragraph after paragraph. Like stanza is like. I guess I should take Prozac right and just smile all night. Somebody new, somebody not too bright but sweet and kind who would try to get you off my mind. That low register. Oh, it hell. like makes me so cry. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, great. If I wanted to, but I don't want to get over you. Like it's just so epic and annoying. Mm-hmm. And so that, that that was the easiest one. Like yeah. denial that just came instantly. And I've been so like existentially tormented this mm-hmm. whole month. Kind of like in themes about this, where yeah. it's like, how do we like exist as autonomous people in relationship? Yeah. How do we like juggle expectation? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this too in terms of like myself as a performer. Yeah. What's my relationship to the audience? What do they owe me? What do yeah. I owe them? And mm-hmm. so I kind of feel like Especially as a performer, that's another form of codependency, too, where it's like we all want this like affirmation yeah. and validation from strangers, like so basic and tell us that we're perfect and funny and amazing. Exactly. And so that like informs the rest of our relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tweeted yesterday, I don't understand how anyone can date stand up comedians willingly. Yeah. Like it does not make sense that I have like partners and like friends. Yeah. Like, why would you want anything to do with this? It's so disgusting. It's awful. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> the old only reason I do it is because it makes me happy. Like literally, that, yeah. But no. it's like I mean, that's kind of like, and it's so simple. It's like weird how obviously so Ramdas R.A.P. Like whatever's mm-hmm. easier is like harder to access. But it's like yeah, I do it because I can't stop because it makes me happy. Yeah, and that's sometimes what love is too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this song is two minutes and. 22, Twenty-two seconds. Two, two, two. I don't know why I, that that. Yeah, uh, it's stuck a lucky song. Mm-hmm. It's a lucky song. Do you do, do you mess around with numerology? Love, I love numbers. I'm just I'm always looking for signs. I'm a little bitch. Pretend you don't exist. I'll have to dream of what I dream of. I can listen to all my friends and go out again and pretend it's enough. Or I can make a career of being blue. I can dress in black and Cigarettes and drink for the mood. Like I was 17, that would be a screen, but I don't want to get over you. 
Yeah, my friend Sam in mm-hmm. high school introduced me to them. Yeah. And there's like this been in my life since I was a teen. Yeah. And they're that's so, great. so good and their anthology is just like it's epic. They're yeah. amazing. Well that they too also seem to have like a I appreciate any time a, mus- a musician will like commit to the bit, like as a comic, yeah, like that. So definitely. like sixty nine love songs is sixty nine songs. Seriously, long. Like, it's, comedic- so it's so funny. And great. when you yeah. see him live, he's so like unctuous and mm-hmm. shitty, and like he just like he's such a caricature of yeah. himself. Where he just he like knows he's a genius and like sits yep. on his stage with everyone behind him like a maestro, and yeah. like knows that when he speaks, he's like moving the masses, like Joel Osteen. Yeah. He's just like he's so a good Joel Austin. He's a good Joel Austin. Just yeah. like moving gay people to cry. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for being there for that's me. That's fucking awesome. So that's denial. I love it. Yes. Very cool. Thank you. Right on. Well, let's see. What's your anger process okay. kind of like? Anger, yeah. My <laughs> anger process, I'm definitely I grew up with angry with an angry dad. Yeah. And I definitely think that like being angry and like subjecting people to anger is something I never want to do. And when I do snap and I am mean, because Mm -hmm. that's how I was like trained to communicate with people. I feel shame. I feel so bad. Like anytime, uh, I had a thing where like a co-producer I was working with, I got frustrated and I, I like kind of yelled, like I was like, and they said they were like, in that moment, you reminded me of a certain club owner in this town. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, it's oh! terrible. It's terrible. Like, I was, I would never want to yeah. do that. And like, yeah. subjecting someone to anger is mm-hmm. like so immature. So I mean, like, I had like an angry, shitty dad who would like break shit, punch mm-hmm. holes in the wall, smash computers, like, make his emotional process about essentially terrorizing everyone yeah. else. Like, uh, when you lash out that way, it's because you can't sit with yourself, so you need to, yeah. like, hold everyone hostage to you throwing a fucking tantrum. Yeah. So I think that my anger, I'm, like, quick to anger in, sen- mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, injustices. Yeah. Like, so I try to, like, fuel my anger where I'm, I'm like, good on my feet and I'm, mm-hmm. like, good at expressing myself in yeah. a pinch. So I think that Appreciate I try that. to, like, use my anger in a way that I can, like, advocate for myself or others in yeah. times when that's not necessarily accessible for people because mm-hmm. that's like anger and it's like out most elevated state yeah. where it's like I'm fucking pissed but I'm gonna do it in a way that's like distilled yeah. and in a way that doesn't like make people fucking scared of me Yeah, because that's not good no, no that's I never like, good yeah, snapping is something that I have done. I never try to do or like mm-hmm. being a bitch or like, yeah. you know, also I was a bully in high school. Like oh, I knew how to fucking be really? mean totally because I was insecure and yeah. shitty and closeted and I was like, I'm mad. So I'm going to be mean to people. So I think That's... that like that kind of like anger to me, it's just like insecurity. Yeah. No, but that, like it's yeah. all that it is. Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate and that. And anger yeah. in grief is also like that's just frustration. Mm-hmm. It's like not being able to like sit in reality. So you want to like take everyone down with you. Yeah. There's definitely like the rawness of anger is something that I'm grateful that I can access it. Cause I think it allows me to speak for myself, Yeah, but I never want to get overwhelmed by it. And so the cool. song that I yeah. picked is pull out the pin by Kate Bush. Very nice. Just because like this song, I was like reading the lyrics. Yeah. And it is like, I need to pull them up. Okay, yeah, go for it. Because it is epic. I feel like uh, Kate Bush is one that I never really quite got into. And I feel like I, because I, Worthering Heights. Yeah. Yeah, so I know that one. But like, it is so, it's very, it's a, 
I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's intense. Mm-hmm. And this song, too, just like where she goes and she screams and it's mm-hmm. a lot. And so I just think that this is... Yeah, well, once we get to the chorus. Okay. Is it annoying if I talk over the no, song? No, no, no. Okay, it's totally cool. fine. Yeah. People have Spotify, YouTube. They can listen to the song if they want okay, to. Okay, perfect. The podcast is about you. <laughs> it's so... I just And then this whole song is just like this ode to like what it is to like be succumbed by living on earth. I mean, that's why I love her so much. And she's definitely like one of my top icons. Like I know all of her songs, like Mm -hmm. she's always there for me because she's just this, like she's never gone on tour. Just really neither has Enya. It's because they're both just like freaky witches. Yeah. Like it's too like existentially taxing for me to have to like go to stadiums. See, I would prefer people do that than like the Morrissey thing of like canceling entire yeah, tours exactly. because it's like you're emo and yeah, racist. Like, dude, just be honest with your fucking. Well, got- Morrissey just has to die now. Also, yeah. I'm like, you are past the point now where you can live. <laughs> You actually just have to die. You become a parody of yourself. Because you're so fucking disgusting and racist Literally. and fat phobic. I know. I fucking. Oh, yeah. I uh, I have a very mixed relationship. Yeah. With. It's. An, I mean, same as like all like emo punk kids in high school, like listening to the Smiths for the first time when I was 15 was like so sick. Yeah. But now he's literally like a fucking white supremacist. He is a I'm white. Like, yeah. You need to die. <laughs> he's racist against even white people. Literally. Like, he's like, like he canceled an Italian tour because he felt he wasn't like safe to walk the street. He's so disgusting. All right, let's get his name out of our mouth. Goodbye, Morrissey. (laughs) And this song is also like about the Vietnam War. Yeah, it's like I literally. It's just like okay, this is oh this pulling is out the pin like a grenade, like a grenade. Oh. This song is about Vietnam. I was thinking about like acupuncture. <laughs> And then she screams, I love life throughout the song. Like, there's just this like intense quality to her music, which I don't know anyone else since her before mm-hmm. her who was able to like, I mean, she like sings spells. Like that's yeah. what her music is where she like oh. casts, she calls in all the elements. And like, that's what this song is. It's like, it's like fucking Avatar, the airbender <laughs> shit. You know yeah. what I mean? And then like throughout all of this, like chaos that she's describing about mm-hmm. like war and children, she like all, she just is screaming like, and I love life. Like, yeah. and I love life. Cause I think that's so much of like what anger represents to me. It's like, I'm giving my I'm giving myself to this life mm-hmm. and it is no longer giving back what I put into it. There's yeah. this like immense frustration that comes into that. So to me, like I chose this song because for her like to scream gutturally and yeah. I love life. Yeah. Like with, with Yeah, with this like looming dystopic, like there's someone behind you, like you have to hide in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And then I, chills i fucking <laughs> love this song yeah she's amazing so yeah. to me yeah i picked this song because her screaming and i love life yeah. is like the distillation of being angry that's very good yeah i like that thank you very cool 
Well, holy smokes. Let's get into bargaining. Okay, You perfect. don't quite strike me as like a bargainer denial type person. I, I have yeah. a very high opinion of you in my mind. I'm like Good. very bulletproof. I'm yeah. like shit rolls off, Clara. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that bargaining is kind of complex to me. Yeah. But I also, I think that bargaining, I'm trying to understand like kind of what it looks like to have that. I, I guess I was like, Try to like maybe like grief in the terms of a breakup. So like bargaining would yeah. be like, I can change. Yeah, is that like what bargaining yeah, no, for is? Sure. Yeah, it's like yeah. I can exist differently. Mm-hmm. Like for you to get me, for this to be okay. Yeah, or like in the scope of like a death, it's like I can. Um, like I like this isn't happening. Like yep. how how do you how does bargaining manifest for you? Oh, bargain! Like I will completely change myself. Like you know, mm-hmm. water sign shit. Uh, Just like total like codependent. <laughs> what can I? Oh my god, so codependent. Yeah, yeah we're like even because I took like a year off of like serious relationships, yeah. and then I realized Another like addiction. exactly yeah. where I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh. I'm very platonically codependent with like Timmy Booth. I'm like, (laughs) shout out. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Timmy Booth and my codependent relationship. Yeah, I love that. Where it was like, it maybe even wasn't even codependent for him, but like I was straight up dependent. And it was like, oh, like, this is not good. Right. Definitely. Yeah. But I do think, I mean, I have absolutely need to work through codependency in so many ways in my mm-hmm. life. And so I think that that's kind of where bargaining comes into play yeah. the most where it's like, I can suffocate different parts of myself. I can be available to people in ways that don't necessarily feel true to me. Mm-hmm. I was in therapy with um, Val and talking mm-hmm. to her therapist. Shout who I'm out. obsessed with shout out. <laughs> and I love her therapist. And we're talking about resentment mm-hmm. and her therapist was like, because I was and her therapist was like resentment only happens because you crossed your own boundaries she's like oh! literally she's like resentment Damn. is always your fault essentially it's like it's like if you are yeah. resenting someone it's not because of them it's because yeah. of you so you can't act on resentment because it means you crossed your own boundaries it's not because someone did anything to you Fuck. I was like that sucks I was like that oh, literally man. sucks that you would say that to me that, I'm, a, I'm offended yeah, I am and I feel targeted and I am attacked. Yeah. I <laughs> oh was like, I God. thought I could just resent people because what they were doing to me. And yeah. she's like, no. Well, it's like, yeah, that's a, another thing that like, <laughs> I'm doing podcast therapy in lieu of therapy. Yes, definitely. Just a lot of like self-help podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but one, it, Ron Funches has one. Oh, and, really? And, yeah. It's called Getting Better. Ooh, and he just, should I listen to it? Yeah, it's pretty good. good. I would say uh, I listen to it based on guest kind of. Cool. So, but one thing that uh, he said is basically keep people at the distance where you can enjoy them. Yeah. And I was like, wow. oh, it feeds into that resentment thing where it's like, you don't have to give energy to bad relationships. Definitely. You can still be friends with people that you don't a hundred percent like. Yeah. You just don't have to make them like your main friend. Definitely. Yeah. It's so intense. Mm-hmm. And so I picked, she's calling you by bad brains. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pull up the yeah. Cause to me, I love Bad Brains so much. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite punk band. They're another one I've missed the boat on. Yeah, they're fucking amazing. Definitely like my first introduction to punk when I was in high school. Yep. And then their anthology just goes from like deep hardcore to like ska to like, oh. but, but like 
original, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, reggae ska, not nice. like, no doubt, shitty white person <laughs> ska. Yeah, they're just so hard. Real big so fish, whom, which I saw two times in a year in high school. Oh my God. You were in Idaho. It's different. Yeah, I know. They tour a lot. They're <laughs> You're like, they're out. That's Real, the way it Real is. Real big fish and Andre Nicotina are always in Boise. <laughs> Like, and I was there every time every in Boise. Time. <laughs> and so I picked this song because. Oh, yeah. I love them. There's this, the song is like a song filled with like, to me, I chose it for bargaining because mm-hmm. it's a song about like someone who you shouldn't be associating with anymore like mm-hmm. hitting you up and like needing you and how like intoxicating that is so yeah. you like oh. so you want to like you know that you shouldn't be talking to them but like she's calling you she's calling you and it sounds like a kaleidoscope and this like synthetic energy that moves you so you have mm-hmm. to like get out and like have this kinetic energy and move your body through the streets but she keeps calling you and so I chose that song for bargaining because to me it's like bargaining like we were talking about before is just you ignoring what you need mm-hmm. in order to get something from someone that doesn't serve you yes. because you think it's going to make you happy. Yeah. And so that's what this song was to me. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, ugh. don't give, don't give energy to relationships. You're not getting shit out. Like not yeah. like you need to get things from relationship. Like, yeah. But but none of us are taught how to be healthy. <laughs> Literally, none of us are taught how to have healthy relationships. Literally, let's. Uh, Andre Pejeron has one of my favorite jokes about. Uh, did you ever meet Andre yeah. when he was? Yeah. Uh, basically, that he took six years of Spanish and zero years of emotions. Literally, like, <laughs> literally, like yeah. none of us know how to do it. Yeah, and it's like we can like we're all just like faking it and like mm-hmm. praying that we're being good enough and nice enough to everyone yep. else. I hope for the most part. I mean, even today, I was just like fucking mean to Val because I was like feeling sensitive. And oh. I was like, oh my God, why was I mean to you? That's so fucked up. <laughs> it's like we're all trying our yeah. best. I hope. Well, that's it. Like, and no one's taught how to break up either. Mm-hmm. No. no one's. That, that's like, I think that's the hardest part too. It's like no one's taught how to be alone. Yep. And no one's taught how to be together. Exactly. Because our examples are our families Ooh. who are bad. They're bad examples. They're bad examples. Oof. Yeah. But I like really do believe that we're now like living in a time where that's changing and it's different. I So I always wonder if that's because I too feel that yeah. and I feel like it's headed that way. But then I'm, I wonder like, is that what our parents thought where like mm. they were like moving no. and they were like not the, you know, but our parents were listening to self help podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's Cause true. I think it's both. I think that it's like, so much of like living is suffering. Mm-hmm. So much of living is also like deep, joy because both those things like exist and so so much of living is like giving yourself to people because you believe that they can help you grow and vice versa it's like we all like when we are in these like consenting relationships as adults we're like asking one another to see each other so that Mm -hmm. we can continue to grow there's this like voyeurism that is like exceptionally radiant and like Mm -hmm. through that like theoretically we can all like be really good people and therefore for each other but that's all like 
really heady stuff to have to exist within and any mm-hmm. other sort of like context of like oppression or pain. That's hard when you're broke. Mm-hmm. That's hard when you're being subjugated in other ways. Like there's so many intersections that like exist just outside of like, I want to love and be loved when that's like really what it is. We all want to love and be loved yeah. just through that. Everything is possible. Mm-hmm. But when like you never got that from the people who were supposed to love <laughs> and love you, there's just like a few things you have to work. Through. Yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah and i'm dealing with i mean like i'm not monogamous and i have mm-hmm. like you know a girlfriend like and a partner and so mm-hmm. that it's like i've been my one of my favorite instagrams is yumi yumi sakagawa i can spell that too or okay. you, you put it in the notes she's yeah. amazing and she speaks a lot about like these deep heady concepts and she's was saying earlier on a post like the more we expand our range for love like Mm -hmm. the more we expand our range for grief and there's like upper limit problems too it's like when you like decide to change and you like make these like direct calls to god or the universe like Mm -hmm. change me like i want to grow i don't want pain anymore yeah like that hurts because you're like creating these new neural pathways that are like immense and difficult and it can be really lonely like all of that exists within itself and i like don't think that my dad has ever thought that (laughs) and i also like think it's different when i see my friends who are in their like late thirties, early forties who mm-hmm. have kids, I'm like, you are different. And like your kids are different. Yeah. Like talking to people like like babies now or like nine year olds now. Like when I talk to my friends' kids who are like five, six, seven, eight, they're all like, I'm non-binary and I'm a ghost and I float and I'm poly. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like it is changing. Cause yeah. we like I like my friends who are parents like around our age, like it's fucking different. Like yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That, and even too, like being like going home to Boise and yeah. seeing Idaho, like it's happening there too. It's, it's happening so everywhere. Cool. Yeah. But I also think that that's kind of like how it works with any sort of like elevation where mm-hmm. it's like, we're like, we're like when all of us, there's nothing as individual and mm-hmm. everything like is the collective consciousness at the end sure. of the day. So we're all like moving towards this different paradigm shifts. Like whether you're in Idaho or whether mm-hmm. you're in Seattle or whether you aren't even born yet, yep. like you exist in this like patchwork that wants you to like succeed and thrive. So when you just like surrender to that and know that these are all like conversations, emotions and relationships at the end of the day, like want to serve me, whether mm-hmm. that's me still being in them or letting them go. Yeah then we can all have that happen for yeah, us. Exactly. And of course it's happening in Idaho. I, know. I fucking love Idaho. I love Idaho too. I love, I love Idaho. It's so great. I, I love it there. Mm. I love the drive there mm-hmm. from Seattle. It's I love nice. Boise. It's fucking cute. Boise's great. Boise's yeah. great. It's the next Portland. It's going to be ruined in 15 years. No, I hope not. <laughs> Let's keep Boise I know. armed. That's the thing. Like growing up, I always would like go blue in the face trying to tell people that like Idaho was a great place. Yeah. And then my sister is older than me and she was basically like you know i did the same thing too and i realized like all you're doing is a sales pitch for people to move there and like if the person isn't gonna accept idaho you don't want them to move to idaho because they'll ruin it yeah and i also just feel like talking shit about boise is the same shit where people talk shit about the south it's like actually like 
It's like no offense, but like Seattle liberals are the worst contingent of mm-hmm. the demographic possible. Yes. Like capital D Democrats can all suck it. Yeah. They have no spine. They're morally corrupt. Mm-hmm. I would like absolutely like it's so like anti-working class, anti-rural yep. class. Yep. It's so fucked up. That's the thing. The, yeah. Uh, I have a hard time like because I am like liberal from Idaho yeah. and in Seattle. Like I uh, like. I do honestly get to a point here sometimes where I'm like, I just think that these are conservatives that think queer and people of color yes, are people. They are. That's it. Democrats like they just are admi- conservatives. It's yes. the same. It's a Spider-Man meme where he's pointing at himself. Yes. Like it's literally <laughs> the same yeah. people. And people will shit all over Idaho. Like I'm almost like doing material at this point, yeah. but like, like, Eastern Washington isn't a place. Like, Literally, what are you talking take about? Take care of your own backyard, yeah. not your neighbors, it's dude. It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it's all classist, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like because you live in like a rural area or like not a metropolis, and mm-hmm. you're like backwards. Yep. Like, it's all propaganda. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, on my podcast, we had the writer of Real Queer America, Samantha mm-hmm. Allen, who is this like incredible queer writer, and she talks about how queer and radical community like can never essentially truly exist in metropolises because it's too expensive yeah where it's like it's it's like in like poor parts of the country mm-hmm. rural working class parts of the country that's where like revolution will always happen first because yep. you can have like genuine community because there's less like there's just like less in the way of you like we're all fucking busy here we have to work like a million jobs it is so fucking Literally, expensive here yeah, I, it's I, nuts <laughs> I ha- hardly have enough time to take care of myself how no. can I take care of a big issue like Seriously. that Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. basically fuck liberals fuck liberals yeah next song <laughs> next song let's get into your depression song okay so yeah. depression to me definitely I, I think this is the first year of my life I've ever been like truly depressed really oh yeah oh, okay I think that I also just kind of think that like i'm just turned 26 mm-hmm. how old are you 28 okay cool mm-hmm. i just feel like th- these are like tender growing pain times yeah. you like think you got you it you lit me up to the storm you yeah. told me about the store because i was like i would think it was at like a naked brunch or something yeah. and i was just like talking about feeling so goddamn lost and yeah. all that shit you were like oh yeah you're in the storm dude definitely <laughs> yeah. you're about to go through your saturn return that's mm-hmm. what we're doing it's like these are like tender, immense times. And I like have someone, someone like me who's like jovial and gleeful and funny and a clown. Mm-hmm. It's like, I also think that, especially as a stand up, like now it's been like four years that I've been doing it. And you like reach certain points and like what's possible. And you like know what it's like to be on stage for a long time, create mm-hmm. your own content, like have your own show, have your own podcast tour a little bit so now it's like when you're in the business of like making other people feel i think that i like underestimated the psychic weight of how i need to feel as that being like my responsibility to others to make them happy no that's like the it's the saddest like the comics dilemma or whatever yeah the saddest shit. And comics I, being sad is like so fucking annoying. Yeah. And I'm like, it's such like a trope. You know it what is, I mean? Like, it, it's so like Lenny Bruce in New York got fucking heroin addict. Everyone's fucking sad because we're yeah. comedians. But it's like, it's true. I mean, everything that's a trope is also true. Exactly. And the th- like, people who like try to make that, like, I feel like even I tried to make sadness my yeah. niche for a while. So where definitely. it's like, but no, we're like, all fucking sad. Get exactly. over it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, we're all sad. Yeah. So depression to me is something that it's newer to my like psyche. So yeah. now this year, and even like today, this morning, this week, I also mm-hmm. have PMDD premenstrual dysphoric disorder, Dwight. which means that like my 
PMS is extremely elevated. Mm-hmm. I've had to like quit jobs because of my PMD yeah. where it's like two days before my period, I'm like weeping, sobbing. My hormones get all yeah. fucked up and I like don't have serotonin and I just like am like a Kathy cartoon in a way that like Ack. makes me Whoa. like unable to like function. Yeah. I'm just like weeping. So I'm still now trying to like find the right balance of like birth control and hormones and how yeah. to like have all of that make sense. Also, another thing that's fucking frustrating about parents is like I wish it's like, yeah, of course I'm fucking depressed because my mom was depressed because my Mm -hmm. dad's depressed because my mom had pmdd yeah it's like you know it's like there's no like generational responsibility from like our parents generation to ours for them to like sit us down and like be honest about like what the scope of their mental health was so that like we could be like ever more prepared like all this shit's fucking genetic yeah it's like top down where it's like world is hard but also bottom up like brain is hard yeah it's fully both Mm -hmm. and so depression to me is like something that I'm trying to just allow myself to feel and not get frustrated like I have to change it. And so the song that I picked is Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood by Nina Simone because it's just like the saddest song ever. Oh my God. She's a Pisces. She like is just like the queen of being sad. Yeah. Definitely. Deep water sign energy song. What are the water signs? Because I know Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancer. Scorpio. Okay, I always get it fucked up and think that. People think Scorpio is water. Because it's a scorpion. Yeah. But it is. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. A deep ocean. It's like a black hole. This song is like next level sorrow. Yeah. She's got a lot of, yeah, like Nimikitipas. Holy shit. And so, and I also, I mean, I relate to this too as like, kind of going back into before, like even this morning, I was like mean and I didn't Mm -hmm. mean to. Don't let me be misunderstood. I never wanted to be mean, you know? And so, this, I chose this song especially because I think that, like, the context of it is this, like, conversation where she's, like, talking to a lover, to a mm-hmm. partner, where it's, like, and that is so, I mean, so much of her music is both, like, how to live in love yeah. when I am so sad. Like, that that's, like, her yeah. general theme. It's, like, mm-hmm. how do I love when I'm in so much pain and you're in so much pain because life is pain? Yeah. And so I want to pick this song in particular because I just think there's so much ache in being misunderstood and like not seeing eye to eye, falling out of love. And so yep. this song is just like an ode to like mistakes mm-hmm. and like an ode to wanting to be better, but you don't know how to anymore. It's yeah. just like so fucking sad. Was she the first one to do this song? I think so. Yeah. Joe Cocker had to come and steal it. Yeah. Or, and he just animals. steals songs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Joe Cocker just steals everything. Damn. It's like, you're so basic. <laughs> He's like Elvis. Yep. Please don't let me be Man, these concerts must have been fucking crazy. I know. Like, it's next level. Just people weeping. Or, Openly oh. weeping. And so I just think that this song, and by the end, she is like fully crying. I mean, mm-hmm. it like builds to this point where she is like, 
and, th- and there's like guilt in this song too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like guilt and depression are definitely like little like cousins. They're yeah. like, what up? We're the same. <laughs> We're both bad. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So I picked the song because I think that it kind of like compounds a lot of different big sad energy points, yeah. which is like disappointing a partner, feeling like you can't speak in ways that like really represent what you want to do, sure. feeling stuck, feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's by like the queen of being depressed. The queen sad girl herself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's depression. Fuck yeah. Let's get into acceptance. Okay, so acceptance yeah. is obviously the one that's the most fun. Mm-hmm. I chose this one like really quickly first. It's yeah. kind of like corny, but I just <laughs> fucking love this song so much. Yeah. It's Wide Open Spaces by the Dixie Chicks. It's just like a classic, like sing in the car with your friends. Literally, song. Oh, it is so this fucking al- that whole good. album is so, like I went back on a deep Dixie it's Chicks so deep good. dive. Oh my god, yeah, Mister Hello, Mister Heartbreak. This song, like, also makes me want to cry. I mean, it's just so epic, and it's, like, a song about, like, a girl doing what she needs to do to feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, is there anything more to life than that? Hell. <laughs> yup. It's so, it's so, so, so good. Who doesn't know what I'm talking about? Who's never left home? Who's never struck out? Like, I want to cry. <laughs> this honestly actually this reminds me of Road girl. Trips in Idaho because yeah, my sister had this album yeah. and we would just listen to it driving through. It the is yeah. so cute. <laughs> yeah. Many precede and many will follow. A young girl's dreams no longer hollow. It takes the shape of... Like, even there, where it's like this song is about like taking a risk, like mm-hmm. knowing you don't have all the answers. Yes. It's like the fool's journey. Yeah. Like, it's like the first tarot card. Like, this is just a song about like doing what you need to do to like best understand your life. And like, that's yeah. what acceptance is. It's like the end of the journey. Mm-hmm. It's like you've been through all these phases and now you know that like you are God's eternal student and yep. you'll never have all the answers. You mm-hmm. just have to like move yeah. and be intuitive. It's so good. Yeah. No, the, uh, I, uh, yeah, no, the Dixie Chicks are a pretty big emotional thing for me. I totally love they them. They are yeah. emotional. <laughs> I love them too. I'm like, where are they now? Well, th- America turned on them because yeah. they spoke out against the war, totally. but they were right. They were yeah. right. I'm no, obsessed with that. Th- I think, honestly, that's kind of what happened is like you can't really speak out against America if you're like a country, yeah, at, which is I the stupidest so. shit totally. ever. Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. so upsetting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that whatever they're doing, that they're happy. I hope they're happy. And I hope that they come back because the world needs more Dixie Chicks. Yes, we do. Definitely. <laughs> if they just toured the album Fly, I, I would be there, be there time and time again. And follow them on the road. Yeah. Literally Grateful Dead oh my style. God. Yeah, I'd be a deadhead for the Dixie Chicks. And do shows along the way. Seriously. That's like uh, I noticed uh Rory Scovel is doing that right for now. Who? Tool. Oh my god. Yeah. Ew. I know. I'm like, that's a long gag. He's like a 
comedy idol of mine. Yes. And then I was like, oh, Why Tool? 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 Real really? sucks. Tool's know. not on the list. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, no. I like when Tool's new album came out, it was like the most harrowing shit where like wheat pasters were putting up Tool art over prep ads. I was like, oh, oh. my God. <laughs> Don't put What a bunch of tools. What a bunch of tools. Fuck Jesus. Tool. But basically, the Dixie Chicks are so important. They're the anti-tool. They are the anti-tool <laughs> because they are just like, I mean, goodbye, Earl, like all oh, their hits. Yeah. They are just like three people who like make music mm-hmm. like for girls and like mm-hmm. women. And it's about like joy and like mm-hmm. standing up for what's right. They're like, it's so, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah. I love them. What the fuck? Yeah. I they're perfect. It. Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Very cool. And then lastly. It's getting your funeral song. So the song, this is also, I like, oh, should I be funny? And I was like, I don't want to be funny. No. I'm like, but everything's funny and everything's not funny. Yeah. But I wanted to pick like another road trip song. Yeah. That, like me and like my group of friends know like every word to the song. Yes. So we can play it at my funeral. I love the B-52s. Mm-hmm. Problematic opinion. People are like. No. that what? I love them. People just got Love Shacked out. Literally. And they don't, yeah, that's the but thing. But I'm like, mm-hmm. Love Shack's also a good song. Yeah. And so is Rock Lobster. Yeah. I'm like, it's a good fucking song. Yeah, it's a hit. Banger. Yeah. Planet Claire. Oh, yeah, Claire. Hey, there you go. Look at that. So I chose She Breaks Her Rainbow for the B-52s because mm-hmm. it's just like a beautiful song that's like an ode to like a beautiful life lived. Yes. And it's just, I also just like love songs that are about like one person and like mm-hmm. what was possible for them. Yeah. And I this is another song where it's like, I know every word. All my friends know I love this. Yeah. Song. If I ever like make you a playlist, this song would be on it. Okay. It just like is for whatever reason mm-hmm. very meaningful to me. And Are I don't you really a big know why. Person? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Nothing better than telling people things you can't say in a playlist. That was I me in high school. Oh, so cringe. How come they don't know I love them? Yeah. I put it in the <laughs> song playlist. Oh. It's so bad. But good God, I had some good love playlists. Oh, ooh, oh. I'm ready to hear them. I, and oh, if you're listening, I need more playlists. Oh I God. don't know what to listen to anymore. Hell yeah. I need more music. And so this is just a song about Brenda. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a song that's also like about someone who is kind of dead, where it's like, it's in like second person, like, who is Brenda? She could fly Brenda, fly mm-hmm. Brenda. So I'm assuming that Brenda is also dead, who yeah. they're talking about in this song. Yeah, see, I think the B-52s kind of have de- Devo disorder, where they have, like, yeah, a song agreed. that if you listen to it over and over is very annoying, but yeah. they have so much good shit in I their catalog. I love Devo. Devo's it's the great. same thing. But I'm like, Whip It also goes off. Yeah, like, it's a good, It's a good pop song. But if I listen to it for an hour and a half, I'm going to want to drive crazy, into a brick wall. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like it's just so good. It's just a song... It makes you feel good. Everyone could dance a little yeah. bit. And it just like represents like a full life lived. Nice. Yes. Have you done this list yourself? So, okay. I, uh, not since high school, my college entrance essay was me making a list oh for my myself. God, yeah. Cute. So, <laughs> yeah. do you remember what was on it? Uh, yeah. So, the first, my denial song was, uh, The Message by Grandmaster Flash okay. and the Furious Five. Cause cool. it's, it's like happy sounding, but it's about like the crack epidemic. Totally. Got uh, it. And then, uh, I think I, there was an Arcade Fire song on there, Intervention yeah. by Arcade Fire. Cool. Which, I feel like they're like unlistenable now. Yeah. Don't you think? I, don't, I can't quite go back it's to It's terrible. Them. I mean, like a dress code for your tour, guys. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Like that was kind of where they lost I me. I always think about 
that too where it's like who did I like love in high school like mm-hmm. Bon Iver? Cannot listen to anymore. Nope. Too embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Arcade Fire is fucking embarrassing. Yep. Bright Eyes is pretty embarrassing. Flaming Lips is kind of that for so me. Embarrassing, oh. So embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So embarrassing. So yes. so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Anything that was like rock in 2010, 2012 is unlistenable now. It's, yeah, it's like it's dad rock already. Miserable. It's miserable. But then like dad rock just got better. Yeah, no. Like, like dad rock that was Michael dad rock McDonald, I will is good. kill for that Michael man. McDonald and Shaka Khan, like together, all their mm-hmm. songs, I'm like, you sound good. Yeah. But like the music was in in high school was fucking bad. Yeah. But the no. music that, it's like, but I listened to like Smashing Pumpkins, they're mm-hmm. still good. I think that was like old was still fine. Yeah. But yeah, like Flaming Lips are unlistenable. It's and also Wayne Coyne's a creep I've heard as yeah. well. Allegedly, I'm sure. whatever, but right. yeah, Ew. like it's so bad. Anyone who like even has that like the Bill Murray energy, like I I love. No, Bill I Murray get what you're talking about. Of like, oh, they just pop up everywhere, I don't or like, like they that. just show up at parties like, where like why? Wayne Coyne will go to like college parties. No, no, no. get out. Mac DeMarco's embarrassing. Oh yeah, my brother partied with him one time yeah. and said that he was okay, legit. Everyone's <laughs> brother. I have I have so many I party with Mac DeMarco stories, and I'm like, all of you are fucking embarrassing yeah, that sucks also he says get, get a life yeah also the whole the the mitski debacle i was like yeah mitski makes me cry oh yeah she's so way. powerful i love it i love her i saw her at uh at showbox soto and again cool. kind of that one person on the stage just completely yeah. She's just she's pacing dancing, back and forth, definitely. dancing. Yeah, I read her was... like this New Yorker, New Yorker article about her where they interviewed her and she is just like fucking serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She is like, I have worked so hard for what I have yeah. and I'm like the best at what I do. I love her. Yeah. She just like, it, I just like, she's kind of like someone, it's almost like, like it's like the Beyonce standard mm-hmm. where it's like you see her and you are like, you, 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 you don't drink, mm-hmm. you don't wow. eat meat, you don't fucking party. It's like there's I really like whenever I hear of like musicians, especially who kind of have that like sainthood yeah. monk mm-hmm. way that they do it. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of what you need to do. Well, that's it, too, because like, I mean, for like performers in that, like they're, it the barrier to entry on performing can be low compared to like being in finite. We're like, yeah. if we are to do this as a job. Like you do it, you don't go get shit faced after totally. the show every night. No, you can't because it fucks you up for two days after. It's your job. It's your job. So like, it anytime like I, uh, especially like starting out, I would get like weird about that. Where I'm yeah. like, where it's like, no, like you, you're when you walk into the venue, you are at work, and Seriously. then yeah, so like you should also carry that towards and everything. the rest of your life. Totally. Yeah, yeah she's fucking epic. That's what else was your list? Oh gosh. Um trying to remember the rest of them uh off the top of my head i feel like there was an elliot smith song in no, there okay, obviously. But I, but honestly he still affects me oh no yeah i can't yeah. listen to him during certain times of the no, year yeah. i cry yeah. i love him still definitely he's very good yeah he's still important yes did you listen to bright eyes I did a little bit. I, I, I got free tickets now. to a Bright Eyes show. I saw them every year of high school oh and gosh. middle school. I was obsessed with them. Yeah. And now I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. yeah, I really, I like uh, 
didn't he do some stuff with like Loretta Lynn yeah. or like some like so like that stuff I'll jam on because I, I appreciated the, yes. the collab. But yeah. I love her. Mm-hmm. She's important. Also, the song there's <laughs> I don't know why it is so stuck in my head of like the song that plays in Knocked Up when Seth Rogen gets his shit together. It's oh, Wide yeah. Awake. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm so yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I still like that song. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, I can't remember the rest of my list. You have to make a new one. I know. Yeah. Maybe if I hit 100 episodes, I'll like have Woo! you back to interview me or something. Let's yeah. do it. Be fun. Cool. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you so much for coming of by the course. studio. Yeah. House. Great. It's a house. It's house. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Play Me Out is a self-produced podcast by host Henry Russell Stoddard. This week's guest was Clara Pluton, who can be found online on Instagram and Twitter at, at Clara Pluton and as well at their website, clarapluton.org. Intro music by Lincoln Loot. And don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist for Play Me Out that's updated weekly with each week's songs.